Hey, this is Christy. And I'm Keegan. And you're listening to the Mastering Nun podcast. Today, we're going to learn a little bit about... The Hoover Dam? You are correct, sir. Now, funny story, we just went to the Hoover Dam. That's right, we did. <laughs> we drove to Flagstaff, Arizona for spring break and kind of had a... A need to use the restroom in the middle of the desert and found the Hoover Dam. Yep. It turns out we actually drove over it um, just naturally on the highway, but I don't even think we would have known other than a sign or two. Mm -mm. Um, and so we decided to go visit the Hoover Dam and there's a lot of interesting things about it. So let's just jump right in. Yeah. So the Hoover Dam is a concrete arch gravity dam located on the colorado river and fun fact i'm gonna have a lot of fun facts oh, today <laughs> it's on the border of arizona and nevada and if you go to instagram at mastering.none you could actually see a picture of myself and keegan each standing in a different state right mm -hmm. along the border mm -hmm. and there's another thing that's going on, on on both sides of the border is they have the time, a clock, yeah. a clock for each state. Yeah. Now, why did this bother you so much, sir? Because it's, so it's for daylight saving time. But um, why is that even a thing anymore? So you were, so, so let me get this straight. You're upset that Nevada does observe daylight saving time and Arizona does not observe ever. I'm with Arizona on this one. I'm, I'm, I wish that. California did it too. I wish I wish the whole world did it. And by did it, you mean didn't do it? Yes, correct. <laughs> so you want no more daylight saving time. So it doesn't make sense in my opinion. It made sense back in the day, but well, it doesn't make sense. I think we're going to need to dig a little deeper on this topic on another podcast. But why were the clocks so upsetting? Because right now, Arizona and Nevada are in the same time. Yeah, because sometimes they're not. So during that, um, that period where Nevada observes it, but um, Arizona does not. So then they're an hour off. Yeah. And so that's why they have the clocks. And that just kind of brought up all this pent up rage about daylight mm -hmm. saving time. All right. To be continued. So the dam itself was constructed between 1931 and 1936. And what was going on in the United States during this time? Um, the Great Depression. Sure enough, we were after World War One. we were, you know, I guess kind of not realizing at the time, but coming into, you know, at the end of this project, we were getting ready for World War Two almost. Mm -hmm. But during that time, um, after 1929, when the stock market crashed, we were in the Great Depression, and that kind of helped and hurt this project, uh, uh, you know, in different aspects of it. So, um. They decided to build a dam on the Colorado River as a way to control the river's flow and to provide water and hydroelectric power to the surrounding regions. And the surrounding region, if you're not familiar with this part of the United States, would be Southern California, Nevada, and Arizona. They all benefit from the, the water and hydroelectric power. In fact, some people say that the creation of the Hoover Dam kind of led to the population explosion in Southern California. Interesting. Yeah. So originally, 
it wasn't called the Hoover Dam. We'll get into why it's called the Hoover Dam a little bit later, but they, they were calling it the Boulder Dam during the project. So, Is that because Boulder City was right next to it? Well, no, exactly, because Boulder City is actually a result of this project. They just made a city. <laughs> they just made a city. So all these workers are coming in. You saw what was there. What was there? A lot of nothing. Where where are they going to find employees to work on this bridge? Well, they're going to have to house them. Yep. And so what do you do when you have a bunch of cactus, uh, cacti and no houses? You, just, you build. You build a city. And there was another city on the other side of the dam that actually we'll talk about in a little bit. It got completely submerged when they built Lake Mead, when hmm. they filled it, when they dammed the wa the river. And they filled up the water uh, to to create the man-made lake of Lake Mead. A whole city was there. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but President Franklin Delano Roosevelt is the one who started this all. and Or, you know, it was under his regime. And it's actually the Hoover Dam's considered one of the greatest engineering achievements of the 20th century. So, and it's a populous tourist destination. In fact, it's so popular, I did not expect this. We had to go through a security check in our car. Mm -hmm. What did they ask us if there was any drugs? Oh, drones. drones. Any drones or weapons. That I we thought, would like to declare. I thought they said drugs at first, but nope, drones. Um, and then when we got in there and you could see all the wires, that's probably why mm -hmm. they don't want drones. Um, and then we were, we were talking about going on a tour and we went downstairs to see what that was all about. And we had to go through a metal detector there. Turns out not only were there no more tours available for the day, but they wanted to charge us $10 a person just to go to the visitor center. So we passed. <laughs> we said we could probably just look at the signs outside of um, on the walkways and get everything we need to know about Hoover Dam. All right. So we talked about kind of a little bit of the economic impact, the construction of the Hoover Dam created thousands of jobs, so much that it had to create Boulder City. Well, yeah, because uh, so many things needed to be done. And also, along the lines of the economic impact, because we were in the Great Depression, concrete companies couldn't even bid on this job because it was so huge. Mm. So in fact, six of them had to come together to form a new company Wait. that all six of them. All six of them. That one was a clever name, the six companies, was it? <laughs> you got it. Yep. And so they had to pool their resources in order to even construct the Hoover Dam. Now, how much concrete would you guess? Like if we were to use the concrete for another project, for example, if we were to create a two-lane highway, uh -huh. and start in san francisco california how far do you think this highway would go to equal the same amount of concrete well i think if we go west we're going to go straight into the ocean uh, so we'll probably go east yeah okay east um you could probably get to with the same amount of concrete they used to build that that whole dam oh you're making it sound like there's so much <laughs> I'm, I'm getting on the middle let's go mm, kansas you could actually go all the way to New York City. What? You go across the entire United States with the two-lane highway with the amount of concrete That's that they ridiculous. used to build the Hoover Dam. Yeah, I mean, it's 
it's not a small project. It's very tall and it's very thick. In fact, we drove across it twice because we were looking for free parking and mm. couldn't find any. So we ended up in the parking garage, but it can handle all those cars. It's not like they widened the highway, you know, after they realized how popular yeah. it was. And so a whole bunch of concrete. Oh yeah. And so that's why they had to have those six companies come in to do the, the concrete pouring. So uh, we talked about how the construction created thousands of jobs during the Great Depression, and it really helped stimulate the economy in the surrounding regions because now you need the workers to live there. Well, then their families move there and then they need to go shopping and they need to get their mail and, you know, they need to do all this stuff. The workers weren't just staying there over this five year time period. They actually moved to Boulder City. So some fun facts um, about the Hoover Dam, because I love me some fun facts. <laughs> the name of the dam. So I told you originally it was called the Boulder Canyon Dam Project. Uh -huh. The name of the dam was actually quite controversial because they were kind of like, yeah, everyone is operating on the the idea that we are going to call it the, the Hoover Dam. I'm sorry. Everyone was operating on the idea that we were going to call it the Boulder Dam. However, at a ceremony that they had in Nevada to mark the start of construction on a rail line to the dam site, the U.S. Secretary of Interior at the time said, you know what, I think we are going to name this after my boss, President Herbert Hoover, who just got inaugurated in 1929. So the construction is starting in 1931 we're kind of getting this idea off the ground you know it's still in the paperwork mm -hmm. process um however nobody not a lot of people like this idea in fact when when Pre when fdr became the new president um his secretary of interior did not like hoover and he said actually we're going to go back to the boulder dam so we have a couple different you know, higher ups, one who who left the office, a new one comes in, changes the name back. And a lot of Americans blamed Herbert Hoover for causing the Great Depression. So his name wasn't exactly popular among Americans. Mm -hmm. And so people just started saying Hoover Dam, Boulder Dam interchangeably. And it kind of depended on who was saying it, because if you liked Hoover, you would call it the Hoover Dam. Yeah, if you, if you did it, call it the Boulder Dam. So finally, in 1947, President Harry Truman approved a congressional resolution and said, we will just officially call it Hoover Dam. And here we are 80 years later, um, you know, 90 years later, and I don't really have any opinions about Herbert Hoover passionately one way or another. In fact, if you asked me before we went, you know, why is it called Hoover Dam? I couldn't have told you. <laughs> Would it take, you know, maybe it's a president? I don't know. So it's certainly not controversial now, at least. Mm -hmm. At least not in our family. All right. So we have uh, the idea of Boulder City that was created. So they constructed 50,000. Oh, that's way too much. I can't read. 5,000 5, dam project workers needed houses. And so... What they what would happen prior to the city being built is a bunch of men who didn't have jobs because it's the Great Depression mm -hmm. packed up their family, showed up to the dam site and was like, 
um, hey, got a job? Uh, what if I just kind of move into this little, you know, they had these little squatter settlements. Mm -hmm. And finally, they they got some federally owned land. There was no elected officials. It was just a city run by an employee of the U.S. Borough, Bureau of Reclamation. So the government ran the city. And because of that, there was no alcohol or gambling allowed. They did build a hotel called the Boulder Dam Hotel to host dignitaries like Betty Davis and the future Pope Pius XII, who visited in 1930s. And it actually remained a government-controlled city until 1960. So 30 years later, they finally incorporated as their own city, got the, the federal government out of there. Okay, let's talk about height. So it used to be Earth's tallest dam. Damn. It's now the third tallest, but we actually just recently went to the second tallest. Do you remember where we went? Oroville? Yep. Oroville Dam in Northern California. And we could probably, I say this a lot, we could probably do a whole podcast on Oroville Dam because of how it almost flooded part of Northern California oh, a couple yeah. of years ago. But uh, Oroville Dam is 770 feet high. And that once that was built in 1968, then you know Hoover Dam fell, but actually uh, fell didn't fall like it fell over. No, it fell to second place is what I meant. But now you know in current time the globe's tallest dam is one thousand one feet high in China, and it became operational in two thousand thirteen. Hmm. So now Hoover Dam's the third tallest, but it used to be the tallest in everywhere. The thing about big what do we call them big structures in america that are kind of popular yeah. uh they become targets oh. uh, especially this is, i'm not even talking about popular like a lot of tourists although that probably did happen when it was first built but also like what did it do it held all this water mm -hmm. so you blow it up and yeah. everybody downstream is now wet <laughs> to put it mildly so World War II was actually, during World War II, the dam was a target of a German bomb plot, and they had to shut down, after um, Pearl Harbor, they had to shut down the dam to visitors. So from 1941 to 1945, when it reopened to the general public, it was mm -hmm. it was shut down just to avoid um, any, any possible attack. And I'm going to just talk off talk out of my mouth here I'm, I'm trying to say but i'm wondering if this concept is kind of carried over to today like why did they ask us if we had any weapons yeah like why there like why not anywhere else mm -hmm. would they ask us you know but specifically there um we actually on our way to flagstaff we went over a bridge nobody asked us anything on that bridge nope. it wasn't until we came off the bridge went down 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 that that they that we even went through the security check so yeah. i don't know maybe maybe they get threats throughout what i do know is that the the department that runs it is very quiet about any sort of threats mm. or any any sort of negative publicity um, they don't like to advertise that yeah that makes sense so the bridge that we were on is america's second highest bridge it's pretty, okay. tall. Yeah, it's pretty tall. Yeah, <laughs> and it was really tall. We'll post some pictures of that 
on Instagram. Um, it was completed or it be the construction began in 2005 and it was completed five years later. It's named the Mike O'Callaghan Pat Tillman Memorial Bridge. And it's nearly 900 feet above the Colorado River. Yeah. So it's the largest single span concrete arch bridge in the Western Hemisphere and the second highest bridge of any type in America. So it was kind of a mouthful of the name of the bridge. I'll, I'll tell you the first one. Keegan will tell you the second one. But Michael Callahan was a Korean War veteran, and he was the Nevada governor for two years, um, not two years, two terms during the 1970s. Hmm. Now, what about Pat Tillman? So Pat Tillman was a, he was a football player. He played in the NFL. He was with the Arizona Cardinals. But he he went to war. He enlisted in the army in 2002, and he went to war. As a direct result of the terrorist attacks in 2001. Yeah. And he actually died in Afghanistan in 2004. So. So the, the name Pat Tillman is huge in Arizona. Yep. They're building this bridge. They have, you know, they have it dedicated to a Nevada governor, but it, it crosses mm -hmm. state lines. And they started construction in 2005, just yeah. one year after Pat Tillman died. Um, and unfortunately, he died of friendly fire in Afghanistan. It's a really mm -hmm. sad story. Yeah. But his name lives on. In fact, just when we were in Arizona, we were watching the news and they were having a fundraiser, a run for Pat Tillman. Uh -huh. And I also heard his name uh, during the Super Bowl. Yeah, he was his family did the coin toss um, i think they chose four soldiers that are oh, yeah. from his organization that they, they did nonprofit because everybody wanted the uh the kelsey's moms to do it the kelsey's mom to do it because she had a kid on each side of the on each side of the super bowl but uh she said that if there's one person who if there's one like group that she wanted, it would be him. Yeah, she definitely honored them, especially because the Super Bowl was in Arizona yeah. this year. Yeah. All right. So if, let's just talk about the concrete for a minute. So we talked about how much concrete there was. Mm -hmm. um, let's just put it in another term. The project required 1.11 million cubic yards. And the reason I didn't use that number earlier is because um, it's really hard to say what that means. Oh, sorry. That's just for the, the power plant. Um, the dam itself was an additional 3.25 million cubic yards. Oh that's goodness. really hard to picture. Yes. So that's why I was talking about that two-lane highway that could go from San Francisco to New York City. Uh, another way to think about it is that much concrete would build a monument 100 square feet uh no yeah 100 feet square and two and a half miles high two and a half miles high it'd be higher than the empire state building if you put it on a city block well yeah because the empire state building is only yeah 1200 feet high <laughs> um, a lot bigger actually <laughs> yeah. so this amount of concrete is equal to about five million barrels of cement which is the approximate amount of concrete that the Bureau of Reclamation had used in all their projects in the 27 years prior to building the Hoover Dam. That's so much. So 
that much concrete, that thick, so thick that we were able to drive across it. You could drive both directions and there was a walkway on each side. Is it even dried up yet? So if they just poured it like we would pour a driveway, it would have taken approximately 125 years for the concrete to cool. Oh, goodness. However, they created a faster solution mm -hmm. and they basically used an incredibly large refrigeration system that was capable of producing an average of a thousand tons of ice per day. So <laughs> the blocks of concrete were poured. Just for reference, that's a ton is 2000 pounds. So. Oh yeah. Especially uh, for uh, our non-American listeners that don't use tons. So a ton is 2000 pounds times. So that's 2 million. Yeah. And don't you like my my shout out to our non-American listeners. Yeah. And then I still said it in pounds as though that's helpful mm -hmm. to anybody. Sorry about that. Uh, we'll get it in kilograms later. Um, So they pour the blocks of concrete and then the engineers would embed a series of one inch pipes in them. And then the ice water was circulated through that, which sped up the cooling process considerably because now it only needed approximately two months to fully cool. And this also meant that since it cooled faster, it was less susceptible to cracking, which, thank you. I don't want cracks in, yeah. my, in my giant concrete. Especially so with those many cars that go across it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we're going to kind of go on a little darker note, positive and negative. Um, so just talking about, 5,000 workers over a five-year period on this very dangerous project, some people died yeah. along the way for whatever reason. We have a variety of reasons we'll go over. But one thing that's good to know is that no one was buried alive in the concrete. That is an old that's wives' good. tale. You can Google it and you can find sites that say, yeah, someone was buried alive, you know, but then as soon as you check the accuracy of that site, you'll realize that it wasn't true. But they, you know, and especially when rumors were spread back in the times before Google, you know. There was no way to check if that was true or not. Mm-hmm. Um, another positive is that there was actually a situation where they were working on, you know, the it's mm -hmm. very high the, on the walls. And they had a scaler, which was a worker who repelled down the canyon walls to manually remove loose rocks and boulders to get ready for the concrete. A no thank you. <laughs> I would not like that job. And so one guy was up high and he was working and he heard an engineer slip about 20 feet above him on the canyon wall. He swung himself out, grabbed the falling man's leg and saved his life he actually you know they, someone swung over pinned what? somebody to the wall and they the two scalers held him until a line was dropped and secured around him and the engineer was shaken but unharmed and pulled to safety and never did that again <laughs> so that would be even more scary to me because the, the scalers mm. that's their job is to scale it but the engineer you yeah. know, isn't necessarily out there working on the wall all day. So he might have been a little scared <laughs> as it was. And then to fall. Eek. All right. Now, unfortunately, there were many deaths um, at the Hoover Dam. And so during the construction, 96 workers lost their lives. 42 of them died in falls. Dang. Ugh. That was your time to say, damn. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, 17 were struck by falling objects. What? And oh. 12 of them were caught in the machinery. Mm. Ooh. Um, many of the deaths were due to hazardous working conditions at the construction site, which included extreme heat, high winds, and unstable rock formations. Now, when we were there, because it's April, we did not have any extreme heat, although we've nope. been in Arizona in the desert, yes, so that definitely have. happens. Yep. But there was pretty high winds when we were there, mm -hmm. just walking across it. And so even though they... Uh, oh, so one thing they used to help reduce accidents was to implement a number of safety measures, such as wearing hard hats and safety harnesses. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, that's par for the course. But back then, they're like, "Okay, guys, this is real dangerous. Let's wear a safety harness." Something about it. All right. Now, before we get into this next topic, I just want to let everybody know that we are going to briefly mention death by suicide. So, if this is something you want to skip over, just look in the notes, and I'll put in a timestamp of how far you can fast forward and avoid this whole topic. But unfortunately, because of the the nature of the building itself or the, the construction itself and now the new bridge, there have been a number of suicides under over the years. Yeah. However, that's not something the Bureau of Reclamation wants you to hear about. No. So if you ask, they'll say some. Yeah. There's not an exact number at the actual Hoover Dam. However, from my research, I saw about seven or eight from the new bridge because yeah. the new bridge is not operated yeah. by the same company, you know, the same government organization. So they do have Hoover Dam police patrolling the area. They have installed suicide prevention phones, training officers to help in crisis interventions. But one, one thing that draws people to it is it's just such a big landmark mm -hmm. that you know if that's you know that's just enticing to some people and unfortunately with its proximity to vegas it is if you haven't been to nevada hoover dam's only 30 minutes from las vegas yeah and you know unfortunately some people gamble and lose or yeah you know other things in vegas and um it the hoover dam's close so again they don't like to advertise that this does happen there because they don't want to make it look enticing. Yes. All right. Well, on that happy note, anything else that you want to talk about at the Hoover Dam? Anything that we saw that was fun? No. Or <laughs> no. Water. Oh, where we didn't talk about that town. Um, where is it? Oh, here it is. There. We I wanted to talk about St. Thomas real quick. Okay. So what happened is. They had the Colorado River, they're damming it up, and they created Lake Mead, which is the nation's largest reservoir. It covers approximately 248 square miles and is capable of holding 20 or 29 million acre feet of water. An wow. acre foot of water is approximately 325,000 gallons. So we're talking about millions upon millions of gallons mm -hmm. of water in Lake Mead. And I know I've already said this a few times. I might've already said this about Lake Mead. 
so forgive me. But man, we could do a whole podcast yeah. about like weed. Have you heard about it lately with it being at record lows oh. and bodies coming up that, you know, were what? killed in the 1970s and hidden in the lake? Oh, we got a good one coming up in the future. Um, so Lake Mead was named for the commissioner of that U.S. Bureau of Reclamation for when the, ba- the dam was being planned and built. And what happened is it flooded the community of St. Thomas, Nevada. Like, sorry, St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, the last resident of the town, it turned into a ghost town because they knew what was going to come, you know, with all these waters. It was settled by Mormon pioneers in the 1800s. And the last resident actually had to row a boat away from his home in 1938 <laughs> because of how much water there was. But now Lake Mead supplies water to farms and businesses in, I mentioned this earlier, Nevada, Arizona, California. Oh, and Mexico as well. And it's very popular for boating, fishing, and swimming. All right. So um, because of the drought, that I was mentioning earlier that's been going on for the past decade and a half. It's actually at its lowest level since it was first filled in the 1930s, which is why all of these um, things are popping up. In fact, not related to this, but last week's episode of CSI, Mm -hmm. they found a body in Lake Mead because Mm -hmm. of the lower water levels. So it's out there. It's in pop culture. All right. That's it. If you want to come see pictures of our trip, find us on Instagram. At Mastering.None. And do we have Facebook yet? We don't have a Facebook because you're the only one asking. And I don't even think you have Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe if you build it, they will come. So if you give us five star reviews, comment on our videos or our podcast, we'll get it. We'll get one out there. Um, I think you meant comment on our Instagram because we don't have any videos. On our podcast, unlike unlike Apple Podcasts. Oh, like leave a review. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and then well, next... you can comment on Instagram too. <laughs> and yeah, that's it. Yeah. We will see you next time. Bye. Right. Bye.